Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles, we give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of the conversation. As always, I'm Rob, and if you appreciate this style of uh, entertainment that I'm putting out there, I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you'd uh, like and subscribe and maybe tell your friends, because we've all got friends who like beer, and the more people I can tell about beer, the happier I'll be. All right, let's get started. Today, I am talking with one of my many internet friends. This is Mel from the Booze Buddy Update. Mel, if you would, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into the world of beer, and what you do when you're not doing beer stuff. <laughs> God, I feel like I'm always doing beer stuff, but I'll try. So uh, <laughs> basically, uh, my background is a lot of uh, radio. So I've done radio and podcasting and things like that. Uh, uh, I started brewing beer with my older brother and that kind of really changed my perception because i'm like you know home brewing like that's weird stuff nobody wants to drink that and, and we made a delicious beer and <laughs> i was like okay i'm in i'm hooked so uh that's kind of one of the ways that i got into beer the other was from radio i used to host a lot of beer events you know you'd go to a bar and there'd be some beer night and they'd be giving away you know all kinds of different prizes and i hosted those and so I really got to know a lot of the people who were in these places serving beer, a lot of the people who uh, were making beer, because in Vermont, we have breweries and, you know, we'll do crossover events and things. So there's um, breweries in Vermont. What? A couple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you may have heard of some of them. Uh, yeah. We have the most <laughs> brewers per capita, which is crazy. It's such a good problem to have. Um, and, and that's, of course, you know, what really led to me really getting into beer was that uh, we have great places that literally had the laws changed, not just here, but in other states for being able to brew at home, you know, leftover prohibition laws. Um, and so craft beer just kind of became this thing. A buddy of mine shoved a beer in my face when I was drinking a Miller Lite and is like, this is the best beer in the world you can get right now. I thought I was drinking battery acid and he, you know, he's known to prank people. So I was like, is this a prank? And he's like, no, 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 keep drinking it. Sorry, my dog. Um, so <laughs> I kept drinking it, and that kind of grew on me a little bit, but it was still way overpowering. By the way, that was an Alchemist Heady Topper. And I was going to say, was it a Heady? <laughs> yeah, they had just started canning it. I was drinking a Miller Lite. I was not prepared at all for that level of craft beer. Yeah, that, that's that's a diametrically opposed switch right there, going from from a, a, a super light, no flavor lager to a, to a heady topper. That's a <laughs> yeah, it was, that, that, it was that's an abrupt a shift in my life. I'm going to tell you yeah. that much. Uh, I actually didn't buy any more like macro beer for probably another 10, 15 years uh, after that, because I was like, you know what? 
I make enough money, I can buy whatever beer I want on the shelf. You know, I'm just buying the cheap stuff because I kind of got into the habit of doing it. And I just kind of started adventuring. And so since then, I've actually written for a couple of uh, brewery publications that nobody, you know, has ever heard of in the world. Um, and I did a, a podcast uh, that was focused on a lot of Vermont brewers and a guy who cleans draft lines for a living. He was the most interesting guy I've talked to in this whole world of booze. I got to tell you, he's the stories that guy has <laughs> that right. did not make it to the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> People are pretty filthy. I will just say that if you. Uh... <laughs> yes. That's one of the reasons I like making my own beers, because I know when the beer lines were cleaned last. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if you haven't cleaned your beer lines lately, clean your damn beer lines. <laughs> right. Yeah. If it's been two, you know, more than two weeks, probably time. Probably. Yeah. You could use a little scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Funky stuff likes to grow in there. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. I, I try and clean mine every two. It's usually every three because I end up getting a little lazy and I'm like, oh, there's only this much left in this keg. I'll just finish it and then I'll clean the lines. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense. Right. You know, then, you know. You know, again, you know when it was done, so it, it, it's totally okay. Well, the way that I started the Booze Buddy update is I started doing evenings on the radio again, and I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. And a couple of friends who, who were listening were like, I can't listen to your show. Uh, you keep talking about beer or alcohol like every time you come and talk on the radio. And I was like, I kind of do, don't I? Like, it's really kind of a problem. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? In the nine o'clock hour of the show, when all the kids are, you know, probably gone to bed, not listening, I'm just going to talk about three booze stories that are good for that day, and I'll just put it all into one. And so I just started calling myself your booze buddy, and and I started calling it the booze buddy update. And then a week later, I was like, I should probably podcast this. <laughs> so that's literally how it started. I would record myself with my phone while I was talking on the radio, and I would post the audio online and now it's a whole thing <laughs> hey i mean you know that's that's how things become things you start doing right. them yeah yeah and all because of some complaining people about me talking about alcohol now i talk about it all the time like right you're like ha jokes on you suckers <laughs> right yeah and i talk about it in the morning like so because i'm now on morning drive like they were like hey your show's really good we're gonna move you to morning drive and i was like okay <laughs> that's cool i'm like <laughs> i'm not gonna argue <laughs> your dog back there causing some problems yeah the booze is, buddy's this, buddy <laughs> this is one of my buddies so she'll come up here this, this is a rescue and uh awesome her her name is macy but we she's a black and white dog so we call her macy moo uh, <laughs> and her other her other nickname is officer moo and right now officer she's on moo. patrol she's she's really pretty sure that something is trying to get into the house and so she's patrolling over here by me back and forth. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Yep. Well, today we are talking about a subject that I like to talk about. That's beer, uh -huh. but uh uh we're specifically we're talking about Belgian beers. Um now this is the I have to admit, uh, I'm not the most uh the most knowledgeable on on Belgian beers. I do enjoy Belgian beers. I love a good double and I love a good quad. Um and I, but there's only a couple of them really that I've ever really had. So uh, my experience with a lot of the uh, the other ones out there is 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 kind of limited. And and to be honest, uh, most of the people that I know and most of the people that I talk to 
uh, aren't really into Belgian beer, so I don't I don't really dive that deep into them. But I've got a couple choices here today. Uh, I am going to be starting with um, from uh, Brewery Van uh, Van. I can never say this properly. Van Steenberg, uh, Golden Drock, which uh, translated to English is Gilded Dragon. This is their nine thousand quad, so um, comes in at ten and a half percent. Uh, they say to serve it between eight and 12 degrees Celsius. That's about where it's at. I took it out of the fridge about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> well, that sounds like a delicious beer. <laughs> I have an old friend of mine that they actually started canning. Uh, this is yes. from Unibrew. Uh, La Fin de Monde is made by, uh, uh, these guys just a little bit North of us. This was actually the first beer that I had that was made out of the outside of the state of Vermont. So. Canada is literally 30 minutes away from me. Uh, so uh, Chambly, Quebec, uh, also says served between 8 and 12 degrees. Uh, this is a Belgian yeah. triple brewed with spices. I have I have had that one, uh, seeing as I live in Canada these days. Uh, Unibrew is, uh, is, is uh, pretty available here. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, a lot of people, I, I hold up something like this, and they're like, what is that? I don't even know what it says, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because so, it's from Quebec, and it's all in French. <laughs> it's all in French, which actually, they, they do have more English on it now than they used to. The bottle, I'm pretty sure, because I, I was like, you know what? I don't want to crack open my bottle because it's a big, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bottle. yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is this is like one of my one of my first, like, you know, big beers that I fell in love with. I was like, I want to have more of those. And, yep. and I did. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. This one, uh, this is actually, this one, I picked this up um, around Christmas time. Um, it was part of a, a mix pack uh, that, mm. that uh, I found in the liquor store here. They had, uh, I think it was eight different uh, brews from this brewery. Uh, and they've all been good. Uh, I'd only ever had the, uh, the classic uh, Golden Drock before, which was, uh, which is like a, uh, I mean, it's it's a Trappist. Uh, I think it's also considered a quad, but uh, on their website, they they actually put it in quotes barley wine, um, which is right. pretty pretty funny. And it comes in also at ten and a half percent, so they're pretty similar in in terms of alcohol. Uh, anyone who's watched my show knows I like the uh, the heavy hitting beers, so double digits is my wheelhouse. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I did a terrible job on pouring this one though because I was too busy talking. So I've got this monster head on here that I'm gonna have to let. Uh, die down for a moment i'm gonna we'll see if i can do a little bit better job here i'm not i don't usually pour on camera here we'll get a little view Ooh, ah. yeah oh oh, oh no there's there the head goes it's yep there it goes still too cold honestly so yeah so um according to according to the informational uh blurb on their website for this beer it should be uh an amber color uh, it pretty much is uh, alcohol volume is 10 and a half percent. Uh, it's 23 degrees Play-Doh. The aroma should be fruity with a slight sweetness. That is what I'm getting from it. Uh, taste. Same. Uh, yeah. And, Sorry. and I mean, Belgian beers all kind of have that, uh, that fruity, the fruity esters. So you're going to get oh. that, like you get that kind of banana and you get a little bit of spice on the nose, things like that. Um, but yeah, it says the ideal serving temperature for this is between eight and 12 degrees Celsius. Uh, and it comes packaged in either 33 centiliter, 75 centiliter, 1.5 liter, three liter bottle, 20 liter and 30 liter kegs. I would love to see a three liter bottle of this in my liquor store. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I think I've seen some, um, uh, you know, Le Fin de Monde that are that are that, but they never want to sell them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, can I buy that? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, our liquor store. Uh, in addition to like having the specialty big beers and things like that, we also have these like uh, giant oversized whiskeys and things like that. They have like a uh, like a three liter. I saw. I think it was a three liter bottle of Jack Daniels. And like a, uh, a, you know, like a like a two and a half liter thing of Malibu rum. I'm like, who the hell is buying that much in a single go? And yeah. where do you store a bottle that big? I don't I don't know what to do with a handle these days. I mean, you know, I guess when I was younger, I did, but oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So mine mine is uh, says it's a rich and sophisticated triple, has earned several international titles thanks to its refined taste, marked by notes of fruit and spice supported by a slight bitterness. Uh, it is a tribute to Quebec, the land encountered by French explorers who thought they had reached the end of the world. <laughs> La fin du monde. So there you go. So I, yeah, I definitely, not so much the banana, which I would love. I, I love a good hot food. Um, that's just a good beer, but that's those spices that they have in there. You can't really smell them so much. You get, you know, those, kind of florally, like a little bit of a citrusy kind of thing, but then you you drink it and it's just got this whole kind of bouquet in a good way, you know, that's, I don't know, it's almost as like homey as like apple or pumpkin pie. That's, and I think that's one of the things I love about <laughs> this beer is it's like, it's a comfort food. It's not yeah. a beer. <laughs> right. It's a comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. This one, like I said, this one's got, it's got the fruitiness and a little bit of spice on the nose, which I mean that's that that's typical for the style. And it's got a it's got a great uh it's got a great mouthfeel. So it's um it's like yeah. a medium body. Um it's got a fairly quick finish, but there is a little bit of a lingering after aftertaste. Uh just a tiny bit of like uh mouth coating to it. Um mm -hmm. you know, it it's uh it's kind of soft, um, it's slightly sweet. Uh you don't get you don't get like it's not like uh like a malt forward uh, beer, but you get a slightly sweetness to it. You get a little bit of the dark fruit flavors in there. So you get a little bit of like fig or a little bit of date, things like that. Maybe, you know, maybe raisin. Um, nice. But I kind of want it, that one. I wish, I wish we could just hand each other. A... <laughs> right. Yeah. Eventually there will be a, a thing where you can see we'll, we'll like transporters yeah, and, and replicators. And <laughs> yeah, this is definitely like, there's some similarity there. You know, it's like, it's got that nice, you know, soft kind of velvety, you know, mouthfeel to it, which is, which is great. Uh, but it doesn't have like that fruitiness because boom, all of a sudden that spice comes in. That's what hangs on, you know, for flavor afterward. Um, and then you just want another drink of it. So, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Um, the, I think the difference, you know, the, the main difference between a, a triple and a, and a, and a quad is that the, the, the flip-flop there, because I get just a little bit of spice on this and then you get that sweetness that's residual. And, uh, on, on the triple, it, it's typically the other way around. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're a little different, uh, grain bills and things like that too. So, you know, this, this has more of the darker malts and, and, and things in it. And, obviously because it's it's this different color it's not the the bright yellow yeah. like yours is <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely just much lighter much but it uh yeah it it just has the mouthfeel of a much heavier beer which is the the, the great thing you know about this beer when you when you look at it because I, I used to drink it from the bottle i never knew it was a light beer until i had my third or fourth 
<laughs> yeah, that's like um oh um Chimay, the uh the Chimay triple, the blue. Yes, um, yeah. I didn't know the color of that one until after I was actually out of college because in college I didn't have any glasses and I drank everything either out of the can or out of the bottle. Um. <laughs> yeah, bottle shares have changed since I was younger uh, to now, <laughs> especially, you know, post times when we were all locked up. Uh, you know, we all bring now our own glasses and, you know, and everybody pours things. And, uh, and yeah, we used to just pass the bottle around until it was gone and then yeah. you know, it would open up the next one. So yep. I, I really, I never saw what some of these beers that are in dark, you know, like you're saying, like Chimay, uh, La Femme du Monde, um, uh, Mosite, I, I never, I never saw inside those. And, uh, I was, I was always very surprised by like, what does this one look like? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are, are Belgian beers your favorite style of beers? This is just kind of, uh, it's not my favorite style, but again it's kind of like that that comfort food of beer because of how i was introduced to it and how i i came into it so um it, it's a beer honestly <laughs> I, I used to buy to have with with girlfriends and um <laughs> and if they could drink the beer and be like you know like oh this is okay or i like this or you know this is fantastic i'm like you know what's the possibility that uh but I can actually hang out with this person and, you know, and we're going to get along on a lot of levels. So, uh, so it was kind of a test. I'd be like, okay, let's, you know, let's go do uh, some takeout and I'll pick up a bottle of this and just be like, that was, that was the first red flag. If they didn't like beer. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously puts a hamper on the long-term relationship. If you don't like beer, <laughs> it really does. Well, my, you know, the lady that I'm married to right now, we met at a, at a bar for our first, you know, just a, a quickie date to just see if we, if we liked each other and yep. uh, uh, we both arrived from different sides of the bar and we both ordered a blue moon, which was the closest to, you know, kind of a, a decent, you know, craft beer that they had at the time. That was before blue moon was really well known. Uh, and so we walked around and we're both holding the same beer. And then uh, one of us went to the restroom. And so the same thing happened again. We both ordered a Guinness because the blue moon was just too light. So we, again, walk around the bar and we're both holding this, the same beer again. And I was like, I'm going to marry this lady. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, but the fact that she's not having, you know, some watered down, you know, cocktail or something and, and, or, you know, ordering some macro, you know, lager that might as well be water. Uh, <laughs> right. It's like, she makes good decisions and I don't. But yeah, my wife and I, one of our, one of our early dates, uh, we went to, uh, here in, in, uh, I live near Toronto. We went to, it's called the distillery district, uh, mm -hmm. back in the early days when it was all distilleries, uh, and mill street, uh, uh, brewing is there. And, uh, we went there and that was one of our first dates and we did, you know, two, two different flights. So we had all the different beers and, and, you know, we pretty much liked the same beers and then, uh, and you know, the ones that it was funny because there were, there were a couple that I didn't care for that she liked. And there were a couple that, uh, she didn't care for that. I liked, so I like took a drink of one. Yeah. That's not for me. And she's and just kind of swap. Yeah. <laughs> so it works out. Uh, my wife, my wife is into craft beer. My wife is into cider. My wife is into mead. My wife is into wine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it, it's easy for me. You know, we brew beer, we brew cider, we brew mead. <laughs> 
Yeah, so. mead is, you know, honestly, I was blown away at how easy it was to make cider and mead. I was when I was making, uh, you know, beer and all of the steps that you know <laughs> you got to go through. Especially, I was I was shocked, and I think a lot of people have this whole thought in their heads that you know all grain beer is hard to make, and and it's not because it's not. The hardest step is 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 milling it, and if you buy it from most homebrew stores, they'll mill it right there for you. <laughs> I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say the hardest step is, goddamn, cleaning everything. <laughs> okay, no, that's the hardest step. Uh, you're absolutely right, but that's true no matter what you're making. Like, well, except for cider, honestly. Like, you can totally cut some corners. I feel like with cider and and make something that still approaches drinkable. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I was I was very surprised that mead, you know, like it's pretty darn easy to make and and you can wait a long time, but boy, you don't have to depending on the recipe that you're making. I just uh uh every time I have it, I seem to have just a, a gargantuan hangover and I don't know if it's me overdoing it because it feels like it goes down so easy or if my body's just like, "No, we'll keep that out of here." So I I I, <laughs> I have some but I I limit it. <laughs> we uh we we made a batch Oh, it's been two years ago now, a little over. And uh, we we made uh, enough to fill 36 750 ml bottles. And we take one out every six months and we test it um, and, and we see where it's at. And uh, we, we tested it uh, just a couple months back and it's almost where we like it, you know, because mead's one of those things. It's like, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. Boom. It's ready. Well, how long did it take? Well, it could take six months or it could take four years. You don't know. <laughs> right. So it's like an avocado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when it's ready, it's ready. <laughs> you gotta have it. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's, that's a great approach to it. Yeah. I, um, you know, all of the times that I brewed, the only person who really seemed to know what they were doing was my oldest brother, who was the first person I brewed with. And and because we both worked in kitchens at the time, the whole cleaning part, you know, whether it was the prep or the cleanup afterward was like second nature. And so oh, yeah. it's always been to me, it's like, I just, I lay out all the tools, I set up my cleaning station and then I run everything through and then I go. And uh, I actually have a, a, a much bigger system now. I could do, I think 12 gallons, probably like my, my, the amount of water I can do is about. 15 gallons but i think my you know really effectively yeah you're gonna boil it down um and i don't want to add water back to it so you know um no i gotta get a (laughs) i gotta get a couple of gallon sized (laughs) jugs because of course they were glass and they broke Um, of course (laughs) so i can actually make the the full batch but yeah i did a couple of test batches that i wasn't actually a big fan of funny enough uh and a neighbor of mine came over and i'm you know he was like oh this is really great you know this is so drinkable and i'm filling up growlers and you know i yeah. sent them home with a very big care package yeah i had that happen um i brewed uh i was brewing a, a traditional alcoholic ginger beer from a from a scottish recipe but i decided to tweak it by doing an open ferment and oh, wow. it uh i didn't care for it the way it was yeah. but like everybody else who tried it loved it so i was doing the same thing i'm like here take two growlers home with you here take two growlers home with you because you know i made i made two batches i made the open ferment batch and then i made a non-alcoholic version um mm-hmm. which was basically just a like a soda pop uh, it was a ginger beer 
uh, that, that you would use like in dark and stormies and things like that. And I ended up having to, to, to do like a, uh, a three to one ratio, three of the, the alcoholic to one of the non-alcoholic to get it to where I liked the flavor where because, you drink it. yeah. Yeah, because uh, the you know I I like wild beers and I love sours and things like that, but this was just like something something about it just the flavor just it hit me wrong. I'm like, nah, no, this isn't for me. But when I when I when I you know backfilled it with uh, some of the some of the the soda that I made, it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you know it's always funny to me. Like I I heard this guy uh, um, complaining in a forum that I was on a few weeks ago, talking about how you know these. Uh, beers that he had from this great, you know, brewery, you know, that they, they've won awards around the world. And he was like, and they were all drain pours. And then I looked at everything that he drank and they were open fermented. <laughs> and I just was like, you know, that's like gambling. And, he, you know, yes. when you do that, because honestly, even though I like some, you know, some of the sours, which were honestly, those were probably the most challenging beers for me to uh, to really get. And I used to run them actually by my wife, who actually really loves sour beers and so you know uh she got me into drinking uh you know gozas or gozes whatever however you want to pronounce it goza yeah <laughs> everybody i know like every every beer drinker and brewer i know like says it a little bit different and oh I'm i like, know it's it, it's just like it's just like oh how do you pronounce the uh the image format that's that ends in dot g-i-f you know <laughs> i say it's a gif you might say it's, it's a, a GIF, it's a GIF. You know? No, it's yeah. a GIF. It's a GIF. It's a hard G, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't put yeah. peanut butter on my artwork. <laughs> That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I'm actually I'm actually an OG GIF guy. Um because I used to use an Amiga computer and I learned from uh my teacher who went to a seminar taught by the guy and she came back and she said it's a GIF. Yeah. And I've told people that for years and they're like, well, he said it's, it's a J sound. And I'm like, well, that's not what he was teaching people back in 1986 when I learned how to do it on an Amiga computer. So, that's right. you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's wrong. You and I are right. That's right. <laughs> Conversation's over. But I pronounce, I pronounce the beer style Goza. Uh, yeah. I always have. Uh, and I don't know, you want to pronounce it goes you want to pronounce it goze you want to pronounce it geese i don't care how what you say just just hand me the damn beer <laughs> goze sounds too fancy for me so you know it Goza does it sounds way too like fancy so i like that <laughs> <laughs> so but, what uh, is your so getting back to to yeah. what we were talking about what is your favorite style of beer then uh honestly it's probably an amber ale or a brown ale and it really kind of is one of those things that goes back and forth. Uh, no matter what I drink, I've experimented with all kinds of beers over the years. And I just absolutely love when I brew a brown ale or an amber ale. And I'm just like, ah, this is why I started brewing. It's, it's just, it's like that, that beer that you dream of, you know, drinking. And you're like, that's the flavor that's what I'm looking for. It's got that nice blend of maltiness and hoppiness. And, you know, it's just got a, a, a richness and a flavor and almost kind of a breadiness, you know, that's that's mixed in there. A little bit sweet, but not too sweet. You know, I like I do like to add a bit more hops to some of mine than some of my friends do. But, you know, um, I think that's because of all the exploration with IPAs that I did. Right. You know? So 
Excellent, um, excellent. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with either one of those styles. Um, my official answer is always going to be uh, barrel aged imperial stouts are my favorite. Uh, stouts, stouts, and porters in general are my go to style. But yeah. lately, I've been leaning back into the uh, the old school uh, pale ales, the English ales, you know, like the ESBs and the bitters and and uh, the milds and things like that. The old school beers, I've been leaning heavy back into those and. And you know, I don't know. I might, uh, I might just have to flip flop and and say those are my favorite coming up here because I've been drinking so many of them lately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I definitely find I I go, you know, I go definitely down a channel, uh, you know, and and I will follow that for a while. Like I was, I was very strong into Hefeweizens for a while. Um, my neighbor was brewing them. I was brewing them. We were going to places and like comparing, you know, what we were brewing versus this brewery and that brewery and. Um, and that was that was a pretty good adventure. Um, you know, we've definitely done a lot of uh, uh, you know lighter beers. I've done some darker beers, and I have to agree that there is nothing quite like um, you know it's a, it's another comfort food like for me. It's you know having those barrel aged imperial stouts, man. Um, yep, so 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 good. And one of my favorite places where I get those from, and I think that's probably why I don't drink more, is from the brewery. Um, anytime I, I, I get one from those guys, man, just hands down. Uh, there are a couple Boop. of local guys who, who make similar ones and yeah. we've cracked them open next to each other and been like, it's just, this is amateur hour. And, and this is a professional brewery makes great stuff. God, um, it's too good. <laughs> they're, uh, oh, what's, what's it, what was it called? Something or other Tuesday. I can't remember what the actual, I can't remember. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. I, that one was always fantastic. Um, they did a white chocolate one that was really good. I don't know if they still make it or not. And then they did their uh, my 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 two favorite brewery beers are actually from their sour division, Brewery Tarot. Um, oh, okay. They have Tart of Darkness, which is a yep. sour stout, and Gypsy Tart, which is another sour. And I don't know that it's actually a stout, but it's a sour dark ale, I believe. And they're both absolutely fantastic because. They're not, they're not the type of sour where it's like, oh, oh, this is like mouth puckeringly sour. It's like, oh, this is a good beer. And oh, there's a hit of sour here. Right, yeah, there's that sourness. <laughs> yeah. Brewery Tarot is, is definitely, that was, uh, that's probably one of my, my favorites. I have to say, I was, I didn't think that I would like, you know, like Cantillon and Chimay and things like that. Uh, but they're just so clean. You know, you just can't, you can't find any fault with them. You know, like you get definitely that, that pucker. Yeah, but um, you're just like, Woof. but, but they're just they're just so damn clean. But um, I haven't gone as far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, brewery and brewery tarot, like wow, like I yeah, I've they never make... had anything that I didn't say I love that after I after I had it. You know, I've had a few of their beers where I've been like, yeah, this isn't for me. But it's mm-hmm. not that it's a bad beer; it's just not that it's style. not for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never had a beer from them that I would go like, oh, this is absolutely terrible. Nobody should drink this. It's more like, oh, this is not for me. You'll probably like it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've definitely said, you know, I definitely have said that about a couple of beers where I'm like, oh, you know, this is so clean. Like, oh, it smells amazing. You know, the taste, the the, the finish of it is all great. Uh, here, you can have the rest of mine, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I've definitely said that a couple of times about some, probably more of the sour beers. Um, yeah. Well, but, sours, um, I find that, Sours are one of those styles that you either like them or you don't. I, I haven't really met anybody who's like, 
yeah, sours are okay, but you know, for most people, it's like, yeah, I like sours or yeah, I can do without sours. <laughs> yeah. I, I was definitely a, I can do without sours for a while, but then I kind of was like, no, I gotta be open to this. I gotta try it. You know, like I gotta know what it is that I'm tasting. Um, and my, my actual hope is that this coming year or well in 2023, that I can actually join um, a BJCP program so that I can really yeah. learn more about yep. what I'm, you know, the, the brewery judge certification program is, is what I mean. So, um, because I, I feel like I, I still, my palate is, I can detect a lot of the flavors. I, I can't always put a name on it, you know, and, right. and I'd like to be able to put, you know, to put the name on it and be able to kind of detect, you know, maybe what it is about certain sours that I don't like. So I can really make sure that I'm buying the ones that I do like. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, uh, I actually uh, took a beer certification class um, in in the states. They have the Cicerone. Uh, mm-hmm. Up here, we have Prudhomme, um, which is basically the same thing. It's the Canadian version. Um, and I took the the level one class of that, and it was absolutely fantastic because it doesn't focus on all the technical stuff like the BJCP stuff does. It focuses more on the social aspect, being able to explain a beer to people who might not understand it. Like, oh, this has this has flavors of like brown bread or or nuts or it tastes like a biscuit or, you know, things like that. And being able to uh, to take those flavor profiles and figuring out what you could pair it with so you can go, oh, you're going to have the burger. Oh, maybe you should have this beer. Oh, oh, you're having cheesecake. Well, this beer would go good with that cheesecake. It was great because, excuse me, you uh. You, you learned about, you know, beer history and you learned about how it's brewed. And, and, and I knew most of that already because I've been brewing at home for 15 years. Um, but it was great to, to learn the other aspect of it. Like, here's how these flavors come about. Here's how you describe these. Because like you, I pick up a lot of flavors, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to describe this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just questioning. I'm like, how does this, how do I say this to another person? What I'm, what I'm tasting and what I'm thinking and what I'm smelling, you know, and, and I, I learned how to do it with wine years ago, but I just, I kind of never, you know, I've just been, it's been amateur hour with beer, even though I've had as much and, and I've, you know, yep. brewed a lot. Uh, and, and I've definitely learned some, you know, with other people that I've brewed with telling me what, you know, this is or what that is, but, but yeah, like, honestly, the 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 prudhomme sounds great like <laughs> that's exactly what i'm looking for so i'm going to move to canada for a little while sorry honey uh and we'll <laughs> it, it's it on, well they they do offer it online um well there you and, go it's, it's only half an hour and, away so and and it's uh and it's uh it's only it's it's only an 8 week course for the level 1 um i have i have your i have your contact information so i will forward you some information about it because i'm sure you could do it online and get your prudhomme certification level 1 uh, if you wanted to do it online or if you wanted to travel into Canada and because uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's 30 minutes away, you could probably find some place to do it. Um, and, and I can, I can even put you in touch with the, uh, the guy who, uh, who, who owns the, uh, the certification and, uh, who, who, uh, runs it and several of the instructors, cause they're all friends of mine. Cause you know, beer circles, <laughs> you <laughs> preach it to the choir on that one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting that like, uh, we have down here, uh, my local homebrew group is called the, uh, the Green Mountain Mashers. And every time a couple of us go to a brewery, 
somebody knows somebody who's working there and you get a tour. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a wonderful thing <laughs> when you travel in these beer circles, because yes, everybody literally, you know, in an area knows somebody who knows somebody or knows them directly. Yeah. There, there's a running joke with my, uh, with my non beer friends that, Anytime we're going out to drink, they're like, oh, Rob, do you know the owner of this place? Oh, do you know the brewer at this place? <laughs> and, and nine times out of ten, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. But do I want to introduce you to it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the uh, the things that has come up lately. It's like, well, yeah, of course I know that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm there He's all the time. That's right. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, I'll be talking with people and and – I don't, I don't think about it and I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just trying to be specific when, when I talk to people, I'm like, you know, and I'll mention the owner of a brewery. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was talking with so-and-so the other day. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to say the name of the owner. I'm like, well, that's who I was talking to. I want you to know the person I was talking to. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say I was talking to the owner and then you'd be like, Oh, you mean so-and-so. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, it, it's like a, you know, a can't win situation when you actually become friends with these people because because when you're talking to other people, they're like, oh, well, aren't you special? I'm like, no, I'm just telling you who I was talking to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very different, though, when you get a beer opinion from Greg down in the, you know, corner outside of the liquor shop. And then when you get the opinion from, you know, Chris, who is the head brewer and part owner. <laughs> right. <laughs> beer opinions vary slightly there, but one is more important, I think. One has a little more weight to it. <laughs> So, uh, what do you use for, uh, your home brewing stuff? Do you have like uh, a kit or do you have like just a bunch of jumbled pots and, and, and things like that? Or how, how are you doing your brewing? Pretty much a uh, little bit of a jumble. Um, I actually bought a, uh, a system from a friend of mine that he retired. Uh, now I'm still using propane on my system at home. Um, and it's actually, honestly, I I've brewed a couple of, uh, you know, couple of batches of different styles on it and it's worked out fantastically i have really no complaints it just it's it's still a bit manual um yeah and so i don't brew as often but um i have a neighbor who basically has a system that mimics a small brewery um he's got a system that you literally dial you know the temperature in and you dial a couple of pumps you know the flow rate etc and I can relate. you can leave it <laughs> You can just walk away and go have a couple of beers and you don't have to touch anything. And it's kind of amazing. Uh, the problem is that he has a very finite amount of styles that he likes. And I like to, uh, you know, do a little bit of exploration and a little bit of uh, experimentation, I guess, you know, with some of mine. Uh, and so we, uh, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on the, on the type of style that we're going to brew that day. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I control that a little bit by buying some of the grain and being like, oh, I got all this grain that I came into. Hey, <laughs> I'll just bring it over to your house. <laughs> you should do this soon with that. That'd be a great, great beer right, to make with that grain. Right. Well, so I, there's oh, about I 250 I, pounds of it at his house right now. I tell you what, Mel, anytime you want to come to uh, to where I live, I will let you uh, brew whatever you would like on my system. You've seen pictures of my system, right? Because I, I, I have posted them. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have it. I I have a small commercial pilot system in my garage for people who don't know. It's a one barrel skid mount system. And uh, you pick out what you want to want to brew and you can come over anytime you want. We've got, we've got plenty of space. Give you a guest room, stay for a weekend. We'll brew some beer. We'll drink some beer. 
you can you can drive home. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my calendar here. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, how's this weekend looking? <laughs> yeah. Now you're actually you're in what Ontario area? I'm in Ontario. Yeah. Uh, so from where you are, I would be I would probably be a sixteen to twenty hour drive from where you are. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not too bad. Uh, you know. I, no, I can, because because uh, if you're going through Quebec, you can stop at a bunch of breweries along the way. Yes, <laughs> take take I a can. couple <laughs> days to get here, pick up some beers on your way. <laughs> yeah, I, I have plenty of coolers. Believe me, every <laughs> I, I <laughs> wife and I decided uh, we've a couple of times gone on some road trips, and so we have one cooler that we bought that uh, as we empty it out with uh, you know food and things like that, beer goes into it and. Then we have another one that you know that's used for like you know the kids snacks and and other things. So right, right. There's one that I I start out with, and I'll bring beers from home. And as we drive around the country, we we're swapping out <laughs> right the beers hey. that we're drinking with beers that we're buying, and it's a it's a it's a wonderful system. We've we've perfected it. So we you know I could definitely make it up to your and and I love I love it. Uh, best steak I ever had in the world was in Ontario. I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna lie wow so, toronto is uh they they have it dialed in i i'm not gonna knock the places around me that have good steak but it's not the best <laughs> not the best I, yeah. I went up there for a computer training crazy enough uh, my job was actually to break the software we were testing and i did a very good job by the way uh, <laughs> excellent excellent and then, and then we went out drinking. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, as one does. Yeah. I live, uh, I live about an hour and a half from Toronto and about an hour and a half from uh, Niagara Falls. So, oh yeah. That's beautiful, beautiful area. So yeah. yeah. And, and there's plenty of, there's plenty of breweries and wineries and, and as of late, even more distilleries are popping up. So, you know, uh, it was funny when I moved here, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Illinois I moved here and, my wife is like, yeah, you know, we're only an hour from wine country. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about wine country? Yeah. <laughs> it turns out the entire Niagara region has some weird microclimate because of uh, the geography and, and the amount of water and moisture in the air that they can grow grapes like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how that, that you know, that just uh, sucks up all the heat from the sun in, you know, in the summer. And then it just radiates. We have the same thing. We have uh, Lake Champlain near us. And so I drive to work and I go over a mountain on my way to, to work. I get on the other side of that mountain and it's 10 degrees warmer Yeah. until you hit like mid February. And then it's colder there, but then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that warms back up. Right. So awesome. Well, you know, Mel, we've been talking for 42 minutes now. And this is the part of the show where I go, hey, this is the end of the show. <laughs> it's been that long. It's, you know, honestly, having a great beer makes that time fly by. So, you know, great beer and great conversation does make time fly. Um, if people want to hook up with you on the socials, Mel, how can they find you? Well, I'm either the Booze Buddy update or the Booze Buddy. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me everywhere. I'm on, you know, YouTube. Uh, boozebuddyupdate.com is my uh, is my website and basically if you type in the booze buddy update you're going to find me so and and your podcast comes out how often every weekday every, every... weekday about 7 a.m except for a couple of holidays here and there i have been very consistent since september of 2021 
Nice. And I assume it's available wherever people find their podcasts. You betcha. <laughs> I make sure I pump it out. I check. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, you know, as I always say, uh, this is the end of the show and I'm Rob until next time. Cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. 